Well, hey, Gundam Maniacs. Welcome to the Gundam Explain Show Live. I'm your host, Adam Blue, from the uh, wet and beach-like view and scenery of my office, because yes, it flooded again, but it's not as bad. <laughs> and Steven, uh, joining, like always, uh, rocking the dad uniform. Yeah, you know, we got to represent fatherhood in a good light, I think, so... We'll do our best. At least it's a little drier up here, up my way. But, you know, knock on wood, it stays that way. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not like it's heavy rain. It's just that it's been lightly raining all day. And again, I got the floors done. For those that don't know, like, my office flooded. I had to get new flooring. I was so excited about my new office. And then today, it's been raining all day, and water's been coming in from somewhere. So I have to get to that in a little bit. But so far, the only damage, and it's not bad, is... The bottom of the um, uh, Perfect Grade Unleashed box got wet. And I'm like, oh, no. And I open it, nothing inside at okay, all. Okay, good. So I have that over That's to the That's a time. testimony to the quality of the packaging that Bandai yeah. Spirits is putting out there. So yeah, well it's gotta, done. It's got to be it. So, um, well, cool. Yeah, thanks, everyone, that is joined. Zionic Shadow. Um, Gundam Explained with a test. Yeah, that didn't work, did it? Uh, Dallas Moby, it's good to see you. Um, yeah, uh, so, you know, for today's show, honestly, don't really have an agenda. I think we're just going to talk. We'll see what you guys are talking about in chat. Hey, Jagan fan. And yeah, yeah, what's going on, everybody? Yeah, we'll just talk. Um, about you know, you mentioned, like, the, the office flood again, because it makes me consider, like, what, you know, life in the colonies in, in Gundam, you wouldn't have inclement weather at all. Right. Right. So, I mean, I think there's that whole scene mm -hmm. where when they first get to Earth, like they see snow for the first time and it's what? Um, but, you know, it, well, what movie am I thinking of? I think it's like Truman Show or something where they're they're on the radio and the guy's saying like, oh, it's another balmy 72 degree day. We're looking at, you know, partly sunny skies. Another beautiful day. Like it's just that everything's like engineered and manufactured yeah. to just be perfect all the time. But doesn't that get boring? Like that's a good point because look, like we look at our generations that we talk about right now, where kids are growing up, where they're not involved into certain things that kind of toughen them or teach them. I mean, that could be debated, but yeah. that could be like life on a colony where you're not going through these normal natural disasters, and so life then becomes very uh, safe at all. Like you're not really. But the difference, though, is being in space in the first place. And yeah, then I mean, who, who there knows? could be other challenges, like what happens if the air purifiers go out and it's like, oh, you know, hey, guys, everyone has to stay inside today because the artificial oh, oxygen yeah, is, isn't pumping correctly, things like that. So it's like, you know, maybe you're trading one thing for the other, but it's I, I don't know. These are the types of things that I find interesting when you start digging deeper into, you know. Yeah, it, and I was thinking like the other things you'd have to worry about is if the Federation decided to hold a mobile suit in your colony when it's not, <laughs> there's not supposed to be any military presence at a colony. That could be. That could Look, be. the Federation doesn't want you to know this, but the mobile suits outside the docks, those are free. You can take as many as you want. I have nine Gundam Alexes at home right now. <laughs> that was good. Although that, that gives me an idea. I tell you, I've been fanficting, fanficting. I don't know if that's a verb. But I've been thinking of like Gundam fanfic like crazy lately. Um, oh, really? Something that's in the works that's Gundam explained theme. I'll talk about that probably later on. I don't know when. But um, that, that gave me the idea of like, what if there's this kind of side story about like the Federation, almost like War in the Pocket, where the Federation's at a colony 
that they're not supposed to be. And maybe there's some locals that are, are deciding they had like some community meeting. And they decided to band together and then the secret of the night go in and try to like destroy the Federation stuff because they don't want to be involved with any conflict. That's yeah. a that's a pretty neat idea, actually. That, that would be pretty awesome. And make I it mean, like some of the stuff that that you learn. It, it sounds like fanfic because even just the other day on Discord, um, I learned about like the whole Vic Wellington thing and how, you know, a large portion of the Federation's GMs were actually, you know, provided by a single guy, like like oh. basically a guy in his garage, like building mobile suits. You know, I didn't know that um yeah i'll i'll have to dig up the the source for you because because a guard captain posted a link in there for uh for it but i mean it, it was just you know it, it kind of reminded oh man that i think that there is like a story from from the u.s military's history where they like rented weapons from like private citizens and used them in i think the revolutionary war or something yeah. like that but um so it's just funny little things like that 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 kind of lean into to what you're talking about it's like yeah and you know there's so many more people than just char and amaro <laughs> yeah yeah and and you know what even talos and i were talking earlier like just throwing around some ideas and i, I was like I, I like the idea of like during the titans reign you know their short reign where they were kind of like in charge of the weapons like karaba like had uh, had a scientist or whatever secretly working for the titans that was um creating almost like a unicorn so it's like a titans destroy system in a way so the, it's like a mobile suit that the titans forced this scientist to make and it's supposed to be very devastating almost I think like gpo2 and the nuke um yeah. you know that shouldn't be a thing so and then uh but this guy builds builds in this like titans fail safe system so like as soon as they're given an order to do something that like harm civilians or something or goes against any treaties or laws it kicks in and they have to have a cyber new type in it so one guy that's just a regular human spy um sacrifices himself to become a cyber new type in order to be able to control this thing knowing that he might end up dying in the end but mm. it's able to like stop some titans from doing some bad things in colonies or something i was like i that just like came to me. I'm like, oh, that would be an interesting story. Cause I'm trying to think what, yeah. like, what are some other scenarios you can put characters in where you can kind of see them have to make hard decisions? Like I, I and Godzilla minus one kind of like cemented this. Like when you have these characters in these, in these stories that like that Godzilla minus one, it didn't have to have Godzilla in it. Like to tell the human story. That's, that's what I've heard. I haven't seen minus one yet, but um, you know, I'm, I'm not particularly into kaiju movies but like mm -hmm. everyone's been saying that the characterization in minus one is fantastic and and to your point you know supposedly you, you don't need godzilla in it like yeah i mean even though really there are some moments that would require a godzilla like thing at the end of the day like the whole idea of it is like these decisions these characters the choices these characters have to make and then having to deal with things thrown at them that they don't want to have to deal with you know and um i think I think that's a good point of view to go to start with when making a story in the Gundam universe. It's like, how can you make it interesting? Like, that's why I love the missing link story so much. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. those characters are put into situations and they have to make decisions that change their lives and stuff. It's yeah. And that affect a lot of people. I mean, it kind of reminds me, you, you know, there's that movie um room not the room oh. not the uh <laughs> yeah not not the meme movie, but the one that has a uh, brie larson in it where you know she's she's taken prisoner 
and it's like the interesting thing that they did with that movie is that it's it's not about her being captured and you know and kidnapped that portion of the movie is like 15 to 20 minutes long the the bulk of the movie is her dealing with the ramifications of having escaped a, a kidnapper you know oh, yeah. and so you know when you think about stories like that where it's like you kind of take them out of the context of directly impacting the one year war i think mean, that's kind of what makes like war in the pocket so so good right is that it's not it's not another one year war story it's something that they're they're dealing with the fallout of what yeah. they they had lived yeah. through uh, yeah i yeah i love that stuff um and, and real quick talos you mentioned something about um the free stuff for the robot spirits blue destiny units unless you're talking about um the option parts but let me know what that means because i when i see free and blue destiny i'm like oh what <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah but, neurons activated yeah um oh option parts oh, tell us let me know is this like free or something or, or send a link if you got one but yeah we'll order them right now yeah you know <laughs> speaking yeah exactly uh speaking <laughs> of talos though steven do you have gundam versus i do yeah okay we should plan to play sometime because Talos and I were playing the other day, and even though he beat me every time, well, I actually just had fun, like, trying to... Sometimes when games are harder, they're more fun, but just, you know, run, learning the mobile suits, but also that is the fastest way to gain the points, or GP, I think it's called, to buy stuff, so... Yeah, exactly. And, might, and, I mean, that's how you kind of unlock pilots and stuff, too, yeah, right? Because exactly. That's, that's, like, what I want to do. I kind of want to... Because I feel like when I got into Gundam, I started playing every game out there and then just kind of moved on, and I... I feel like I need to like go back and properly complete some games. So throwing it out there, probably you and I will probably do a stream sometime soon. I will just play Gundam versus. And that's yeah, a, I love that. That's a fun, like talk and play game really. And then, yeah. Um, also I want to throw it out to others out there too. And I'll probably make a discord channel for it. But uh, when anyone is interested um, and you have versus, let me know. Cause I, I would think it's cool to just go online play with some of you guys it gets me the gp i need but you know um, <laughs> but no i think yeah. that would be a cool way to go about it um playing with different yeah, yeah i agree and um I, I mean versus still has a little bit of that extreme versus gameplay to it, it it's similar but has has its own kind of uh quirks i, I definitely like the gameplay in versus more than more than mbon or whatever but um yeah. and, and you know whether it's GBO2 or versus Talos is one of my favorite people to lose video games to. It's yeah. it's just enjoyable. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. And speaking of video games, that Blue Destiny thing he was talking about is actually in GBO2, which is very interesting because I don't know if it's really soon those robot spirits units are going to be um, available. Uh, the, the, the first wave, that's the Afrit and the Blue Destiny. So. It's very um, cool that they, yeah. I mean, that's been kind of the the trend lately, right? Has been like, there's these P Bandai releases that are synced up at least within a week or two of a GBO2 unit. Yeah, being like released. the, the Verka CPACs. Yep. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that already came out or it's about to, but that just got, yeah. And sometimes I don't like realize that, or it's like a delayed, like, especially when I was first getting in Gundam and I'd play GBO2, I would like buy a uh, model kit I think it's cool I didn't see before on Amazon and then like that would be in GBO2 like that week or something I'm like what 
that the <laughs> Delta Kai was it the Delta Kai that Zeta style? Is it the Delta Kai? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, that's like the With white the and purple variant of the Delta yeah. Gundam, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, so that was cool. Um, is that all with the yeah? I we'll probably come back to video games, but you know, something I wanted to bring up. Uh, I put a little gif in the Discord in general of Ant Man shrinking, and I was like, "This is <laughs> I was like best method for putting on real grade decals." Because, dude, I'm 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 working on this thing, which I love. I don't even feel like it. This doesn't feel gun to me to me. Even though, you know, I'm not too <laughs> in the wing. I don't build outside of UC often, but like this thing is awesome. Like as I'm putting the details on and having to move things out of the way, I'm like, man, this is so sturdy. But the decals, oh my gosh, are they small and tiny? And <laughs> and like I'll have my uh, where are my tweezers at? Oh yeah, I have my tweezers, and I'll have like the little these like these little silver things to put on the yeah yeah. And I'm like sitting here like all right, all right. and then it like pops off somewhere, and I'm like, where to go? Yeah, you you like breathe on it wrong, and it's yeah <laughs> yeah. And then I found it; it was like wedged between the back and the backpack. It's like I'm glad I looked there. It's just so yeah. funny how that is, but like they look so good when it's done. Yeah, like they do. And it almost it almost feels like a Dark Souls boss when you're done, you know, because it's like you just accomplish something that's like, oh my god, I'm done. Ooh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's a good way of looking at it when you're when you're working on a kit like that that's got so many intricate details. I mean, a real grade, regardless, is is a it's a fun but in enduring build you know it takes some time yeah and uh you have to you know pay attention to what you're doing because it's very easy to screw things up like i did with my real grade zeta the first time and um and then once you introduce that complicating factor of decals that's like you know trying to beat a soul's boss without estus <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah i know it's great and so i also started working on um and it's crazy. I had a revelation last night because I had I ordered a GM custom high grade, and that's like 2011. And I'm building it. I'm like, I could build this within an hour, hour tops, maybe, maybe less. And I didn't finish it, but like I, I, I because I'm doing something specific. So let me show you guys kind of like a sneak peek of um, Ooh. like if you see the V fin. I'm trying to make it almost look like the Gundam explained V fin in a way. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make That's a custom Gundam, and I'm gonna give it a story uh, and everything. Um, and I love it. Yeah, it, it, it's fun. So it's like I'm in that phase now. I think where it's I've got the building down. When I come up with ideas, I've been able to sort of make them happen. It's made me a little more confident in further doing that because absolutely. That and what sparked all this was these water slide decals. There you go. Right by Steven. It's like they, they look like they're official. Like, did you just like <laughs> carefully like put this in like an old uh <laughs> yeah? So I was so like, I, I have to ship these somehow, and I didn't want them to get like rub up against any paper or something. So I was like, Well, I've got you know spare decal bags, so I, I used you know recycle, you know, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it makes um, it but I thought so it makes them look so legit because it's like got yeah. the <laughs> yeah in and, and so yeah the idea is with this custom Gundam I'm gonna make like the emblem on the shield is gonna look like that and I'm gonna try to incorporate elements from other Gundams that I like like for instance on the GPO one how it has that that yellow 
crest. Yeah. I, I love that look, and I think I want to like add that as well. Um, so that's um, I wonder. Okay, so here I've got that option parts set, and I mentioned this in my in my video on the subject. So this is that option parts set oh, that has yeah. just the different crests. It only comes with the Federation Zeon and sleeves crests. But what I had meant to do was put that Neo Zeon crest on the front of the bound dock. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's over on the on my dresser. Um, so I meant to put it on the front of the bound dock, but because it has that curvature to it and this is hard plastic, it wouldn't oh, yeah. sit flush on there. So what I did was I made a mold of the of that so that I could curve it around and, and like cast it in a soft pliable material so that I could cast it around the curvature of the uh, model. So I'm thinking to myself, like the smallest Federation one I've got is about that small. Yeah, that's um, good. I don't think it's not small enough to fit on a head, but, on but a yeah, I mean, I love that, that the way that the, the, the Gundam from Thunderbolt bandit flower. Yeah, has. exactly. There's not only that, but the GMs, like, wasn't it too, where there's like all these GMs with that look? Yeah. I love that look. Yeah. Like, I think that so cool. That doubles down on that whole like military look because you're seeing the emblem of whatever it is on there and everything. So definitely that's cool. Um, well, yeah. Um, so interesting episode because again, I didn't really have anything planned to talk about because it's been a crazy week <laughs> and all that, but, um, here, here's something I want to talk about. And I don't know how this, this stuff is going to be completely related. You were talking about the, the Tomino thing. I thought that was pretty interesting where he was just yeah. kind of talking about Disney. Now you were saying that some people were like extrapolating that he was just saying, Oh, Disney went woke. But what did you yeah. get from it specifically? He's just saying like their storytelling needs to improve. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think I, I definitely posted a link to the full translated article in my discord. I can post it in the Gundam explain discord later if I forgot to. But, um, you know, basically what it comes down to is Tomino always kind of interviews off off the cuff and he's yeah. going to say some wild stuff. This one was actually pretty tame, in my opinion. He mentioned AI art and how people shouldn't be afraid of AI art because um, humans are always going to crave human crafted stories and i think you and i have talked about yeah. this you know you're already starting to see people kind of buck against the trend of trying to make everything out through ai um now that said there are a ton of like you know grifter sphere uh articles that conveniently summarize what tamino said in this interview which is he did call out disney specifically and said that their storytelling is boring and disappointing and those are the two words that they kind of pull out and say okay. like see look tomino says that that disney is boring and disappointing and he doesn't want anime to do the same thing and that's true he said that you know th those are literally the words that he words said but in the context of what he was talking about is he was talking about uh, digital artwork and production sites. And he was talking about how when they moved his office, now he's in this nice air conditioned building and it's this very sterile environment. And, you know, he's everything's being done digitally and he kind of misses that connection with nature. And so he was like, you know, I, he, he said that things should be more natural, more indie like was one of the terms that he used. And yeah. that that kind of fosters a more healthy creative environment. 
Uh, and he yeah. said that this is that what what he's working in now, this like cushy, air conditioned, sterile studio that's all digital artwork is reminiscent of what you see from a studio like Disney, that they've been doing it for years. And the proof is in the pudding that working in those those um, in those mediums and in that physical space, their product has been boring and disappointing. Um, yeah. So, it, it, you know. I think people have extrapolated his criticisms of their storytelling to be to mean something that they're not, but right. And, and a lot of it is where then, yeah, people are saying, Oh, Tomino is talking about how Disney's, you know, getting woke or whatever, but, but it is interesting that, you know, Bob Iger recently said that they do plan to back off the messaging and make it about the storytelling. And, as we were talking about before, it's like yeah. you can kind of see on one hand when sometimes the messaging is supposed to be positive and supposed to be something new. And, and but I think the problem is they focus so much on that that they lose the storytelling. And I think we can all agree, like for the longest time, Disney movies were always good. I guess th there's the stuff like in the yeah. early 80s, but I you know, I guess as I've been since I've been a kid, Disney has always had great stories. And mm -hmm. um, it, it seems like after. After the acquisition of Marvel, I'm talking like movies later around the same time of acquiring Disney, where it's like, OK, we have this wide audience we can reach. But for some reason, they they wanted to focus on like messaging in a way which. I, and I'm not trying to say this is a bad thing, but it's almost like maybe they had this idea, but then it became too much the foundation of everything instead of the storytelling first being the foundation. Because like in stuff like Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, there's not like messaging in it, but they're really boring. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I it's mean, really I fell weird. asleep during Ahsoka a few times. Yeah, yeah um, it's 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 really weird. Uh, but anyway, so it's 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 an interesting on one hand you get. Tomino saying in a way what everyone is kind of complaining about nowadays how the Disney stuff is just kind of boring you know yeah and then you get Disney coming out and saying it like yeah we need to change we need to focus on storytelling and like, yeah wow, I mean, Tomino the prophet <laughs> but you know I think that um people kind of get hung up in this kind of right left divide where you know yeah. they think that they think that what they want is the same thing, but with the message being flip-flopped. And I don't think that that is what Tomino is talking about. And I don't think that that's necessarily what people want either. Yeah. Like, you know, nobody wants like a super right-wing version of Guardians of the Galaxy or something like that. You know, it's like right. they, they just want an, art, an, art, an artist's vision. I think that's where a lot of times this, this stuff gets lost because more i mean even though in video games there are names of people that like david jaffe or um you know kojima like in movies it's like that too there's like the director but i yeah. think what has happened too is a lot with these latest big budget movies they use these directors that i haven't really heard of but then when you look at the work it's like oh they're very competent work people and yeah. I think it's what what Disney, DC, or Warner is seeing is like, oh, we can get a director that's not going to demand a lot of money, but they will work really well. But that's like the committee-led way of making a movie to where there's not an artistic vision 
That's exactly. why in Doctor yeah. Strange 2, uh, Scott Derrickson left because he was like, well, I can't really do what I want, even though yeah. in they my mind, gave- it's insane that Sam Raimi came in and did whatever he wanted, and it was awesome <laughs> it, to me. Well, and they have these yeah. ideas of, like, the celebrity director, right? And what people oh, yeah. forget is, like, you know, Peter Jackson was not one of these, like, celebrity directors before Lord of the Rings, you That's know, right. he, he was serviceable, he you know, there. he was, he was a workhorse yeah. and, and he came in and delivered. And that was, you know, kind of the, the, and it was because he was almost doing what Tom was talking about. He was approaching it from an indie perspective. He was doing things that the studio normally wouldn't go with, but Peter Jackson's exactly. like, I want to show my artistic vision. And exactly. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things it's like the commitment to practical effects and only using CGI as an enhancement to what was shown on screen. That was a huge thing because, you know, one of the things about all of these new Star Wars shows, and this is kind of going to what what Tomino was talking about. Take the messaging out off the table. This is like we're not talking about like ideologies or anything like that. Watching people act on a soundstage or in one of those volume sets where it's like the Mandalorian walking on a, on a set, but you know, he's got the, the desert of Tatooine behind him. It looks terrible and it looks fake. It does. And, but, but, you know, you compare that to something like Lord of the Rings that even, you know, what, 20 years ago now they were in New Zealand. They were on these, these open fields. They were in these forests and it's like, Oh wow, it looks real because it is real. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's a very good point because the volume concept is really awesome. And I think there are ways that that can be used, but like not not to replace something in nature, connecting with nature, you know. And, and I think that it's it's become a crutch. And that's what and so this is I'm I'm glad that we're getting into this discussion because I feel like the the you know the the culture war kind of brain rot that goes on when whenever somebody says these things they take what tomino was talking about which i think is a very profound and poignant message about human creativity and when you strip the human element out of the creative process all of a sudden all of the creativity goes away and we could be talking about those ideas but instead we're throwing rocks at each other and saying like you know oh see tomino's our guy you know it's like yeah that's that's not you're missing the bigger picture, I think, if you if you're engaging with what he said at that level. Yeah. No, excellent points. Like I I I am very fascinated about, you know, filmmaking. I've always wanted to be a filmmaker. I feel like Gundam, like I can't wait for the live action movie because I feel like that's gonna be a turning point for Gundam in the West. Um, and yeah. it was interesting because there's news today of like uh Paramount or Warner Brothers buying Paramount. I don't know if you heard about that. That's gonna be interesting. That's crazy. Um, yeah, because it's getting to the point where these companies were trying to like, okay, we're going to put 300, 400 million into a movie so we can make a billion and then they don't. And then, and then, well, and that's part of the problem is it's like, you know, why spend $300 million on all these VFX artists and on these volume stages when you can just go outside and film the thing yeah, in real life for cheaper? <laughs> I know it's it's crazy. Um, so the other thing I heard too was that Nintendo or Illumination or whoever is is looking to make the next Nintendo movie to be Smash Brothers. Oh, so they so they're <laughs> easing off on the Zelda. No, they're still going to do a live action Link, but I think the idea is to make like a animated universe. So okay. Smash, so like they'll do Smash Brothers, 
And then like that would introduce all the little characters. And then from there, they can choose what movies or shows to make from that, which it's an interesting choice. Yeah. It reminds me of that Wreck-It Ralph. Like, would they get the licensing to have like Sonic in there, Snake, you know, all the, all those uh, characters. Um, And the thing that came to my mind is a Star Fox movie and making it where the characters are animatronics or people in suits or whatever, you know, like the old, the puppet look like, you know, it's, it's crazy. Cause to this day, I still think that the, you know, the actors in makeup in the old nineties, um, teenage mutant Ninja turtles movies look so much better than yeah. the CGI. Exactly. Oh, so the Ninja turtles came out in Fortnite, and my son was like, Hey, they got the Ninja turtles in Fortnite, but they don't look cool. Like the old movies. And I was like, good boy, good boy. <laughs> it's, it, it's true. Again, that gives it, me hope for the future. <laughs> but it's true. It's that physical, like tactile nature of it. And I wonder if as these kids right now are growing up, they'll then look back at older stuff and be like, wow, that looks way more realistic, you know, oh, yeah. because everything is realistic. It's a literal suit, you know, someone's wearing. Um, yeah. And, that you know, even even John Favreau, when when Iron Man one came out, you know, and this was this is before the MCU was a thing. Like Iron Man was a was a wild choice for them to make their their you know. Hey, we're gonna start our own cinematic universe. We're gonna start with Iron Man. Iron Man. You mean the guy that nobody in the comic book world likes? Like everyone. I know. To me, that was weird. And I think what it was is the creative aspect. It's like okay, well then, what would be an actor that that's why they're seeing it, not that it's Iron Man. You know. And then John Favreau was committed to using practical effects whenever yeah. possible. And so Iron Man 1 holds up. Iron yeah. Man 3, super digital. And yeah, that's not, right. not as great. Uh, you know, that reminded me of someone we were talking about earlier. And then, uh, so when I'm thinking like cinematic and movie stuff, like I talked about that idea of like where there's Federation is hiding a new mobile suit or new Gundam in a colony. And then like late at night, you have these vigilante like citizens trying to go in and destroy it. And I, mm-hmm. and what that reminded me of real quick is, I don't know if you guys remember that first, not the first, but the Edward Norton Hulk movie where there's that oh, scene yeah. in Brazil where they're in that giant warehouse and you can't see the Hulk. You can kind of, and then it's just boom, boom moving around. And then you see guys being pulled and like, think of they're in a warehouse at night where the Gundam is. And the Gundam is that like, evil, like it's scary thing. That's like in the dark. You can barely see it, even though it's gigantic. I mean, isn't that kind of the the direction that they're going with Requiem for Vengeance, where yes, the Gundam yes. is like a monster, and they're like, "Oh, what is this?" And like, you know, there's there's fog of war going on, there's yeah. explosions, and then all of a sudden, you know, this V fin shows up, and yeah, you're the girl's like, like looking like, "Oh my god, what's that?" And you see it like walk and then turn and look at the camera. I love it. Love it. It's great. I love recontextualizing these things yeah. as different sort of genres of movies where, you know, Gundam as a horror movie or, yeah. you know, and, and so, sometimes like, you know, I think some of the early MCU movies did a great job of that where like the first Captain America movie, it really wasn't even t- technically a superhero movie. It yeah. was basically like a World War II movie, like yeah. a period drama, mm-hmm. but captain america happened to be in it and then like the second one with the winter soldier uh, it was like one of those jason Bourne style exactly. thrillers that also just happened to have captain america in it and it's like i want more gundam stories like that where it's like you know yeah, and, give me give me a hallmark christmas movie oh. that just happens to have a gundam <laughs> yeah and what's his name will be the actor I, I can't believe i forgot his name 
the guy from G Savior. What is wrong with me? Oh, Mark Brendan. Uh, Brendan. Yeah, you're you're there. Someone in chat will will help out. But there you go. No, that that's a good point with the Winter Soldier take because Hathaway almost went that far, but it yeah. didn't go all the way because then it really focused on the relationship of him and the girl. It would be great if yeah, you're right. There's more of a Jason Bourne approach or Reacher because I've been watching that season two of Reacher and it's sick. Of like, oh, is that good? I, I haven't yeah. seen Reacher. I, I was a big fan of a uh, Terminal List. That one was pretty cool. I, I tried to oh, watch that movie. Yeah, that was that Terminal. That's I've been. Is that Chris Pratt? Yeah, I was thinking about that recently. What is the movie I saw that had where like his team got killed and he had to go and like stop? And I was like, was that even Chris Pratt? Because I've been watching Parks and Rec. And oh yeah, I, talk about like, transformation. I never watched it before, and it's okay. But I feel like. Ron Swanson and I forget his name, but Chris oh, Pratt's Andy. character, Andy, yeah. are like are like the m- me. <laughs> there's there's like this mix of when when Andy does something, I'm like, oh, that seemed like me, and then when Ron says something, I'm like, huh, that I, I that's also and, me. And that's interesting because I think that is again like really good storytelling because what they're doing in Parks and Rec, especially the later seasons, is they're making a little bit of everybody in as a character, like. Each character yeah. is so much a caricature of, of of a side of someone's personality. Yeah, and that's that's what makes Parks and Rec, I think, such a good show is that it's it's a diverse cast. <laughs> speaking speaking of like woke terms, no, oh, yeah. it it is a diverse cast of caricatures, right? Like you have yeah. these these characters that are all kind of emblematic of different types of people that you would see in in everyday life. Yeah, I think that where a show like for example, Big Bang Theory fails is that you have four caricatures of oh, the same, same person. Thing. Yeah, you know, that's a good point, because I never got into Big Bang. I'd watch it every once in a while, yeah. but never couldn't do it. Yeah. The only reason Parks and Rec didn't hold my attention is because the premise seems so boring. Like, <laughs> yeah, Parks and Rec government office for these people are. And I don't know these actors at that time. I didn't know who anyone was. So I was like, uh, except for Leslie Nope, because I think she did like comedy tv shows in the 90s and stuff yeah. like that. i mean she was big on uh snl i think and you know oh yeah her and tina fey or something like yeah. that yeah that but, uh, I, I tell you that 2000 I mean, could you era? imagine a parks and rec in the gundam universe where it's like a federation office office yeah that's <laughs> and, that's a good one like and you have like the one like wacky zeon uncle that's constantly drinking whiskey and saying like oh hey look i'm the federation this is your colony this is now my colony. You know, it's like <laughs> that's pretty good. I I like that idea. Yeah. Um I everybody do... has to have their confessionals where they go and say, like, you know, I can't believe he said that to me. <laughs> yeah, that that is a good idea. I think you know, sometimes and I'm curious what you think about this. Sometimes I don't like it when a certain genre or a certain theme for goes into a different genre. So give you an example. Okay. Shaun of the Dead, when that first came out, I was like, you can't, zombies aren't funny. Okay, you can't do that. This is serious. We got to fight them. Over time, I was like, okay, I appreciate, I appreciate the comedy in uh, Shaun of the Dead. But I wonder, like, would you be fine with a, a UC, and this is the thing, it wouldn't, it couldn't be a manga. It would have to be either a live action or an animation that's like six episodes, but it's a comedy. I mean, I think that it would be worth entertaining the idea, yeah. you know, 
the way that those things work and you can jump in if you feel differently about about this but i think that what makes a when you take a premise and put it in like a different context what makes that work is when you don't you don't necessarily like criticize the original right like you you respect the original so it's like Shaun of the dead is a good example because it respects all of the tropes of zombie movies and kind of like um, teases them in its own in its own way but i think that what it doesn't do is it doesn't say like aren't zombie movies stupid like get a load of these zombie movies you know what i mean like it's a very good point yeah i'm having a hard time articulating exactly what what i'm trying to express but yeah i'll give you an example in the last jedi at the beginning when poe flies his x-wing in front of the star destroyer and he says a mom joke i feel like that is downplaying the seriousness of starfighter uh, combat yeah and i'm like what they're making fun of that that's a huge threat like what movie is this (laughs) and and that's you know not to say that star wars movies can't have humor because they have always had humor but it's always been c3po and r2 kind of being that anchor for that yeah and not they are the rosencrantz and guildenstern of the of the dramatic play i don't know Um, oh rosencrantz and guildenstern are uh, characters from hamlet um yeah yeah be all smart <laughs> no I'm just yeah i i haven't heard of that i've heard of hamlet but yeah well i mean so there's actually a, a popular like spinoff play um by tom stoppard which so hamlet you know you guys know it's the lion king <laughs> um oh, timon yeah. and pumbaa are actually technically rosencrantz and guildenstern in the lion king so if you can imagine oh, those characters yeah. as um but yeah tom stoppard wrote a kind of like spin-off play about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern because what happens to them in Hamlet is that they're supposed to be delivering Hamlet to be killed. And Hamlet finds the letter that they have and he changes it to say, oh, you know, these guys are, are supposed to get executed. And so what happens is, you know, Tom Stopper writes this play about after they've been killed. And they're like trying to come to terms with the fact that like, wait a second, why why are things not right here you know yeah that that is interesting i think i think i'd totally be open for something like that like yeah you know i don't know it's it's funny because sometimes when i watch parks and rec there's humor that is completely um impossible like (laughs) but then there's humor that's like oh that's funny and that could happen and sometimes i feel like it goes too far on one side than the other and i think yeah if they were going to do some like Gundam comedy thing, it would have to be yeah, no making fun of or talking down to the source material. But at the yeah. same time, it probably it wouldn't it couldn't get fantastical. I think in the, the true, humor. yeah, you don't want to go like full, you know, like Family Guy, Rick and Morty, where like people are getting squashed and that kind of stuff. Um, but and one of the other things I think whenever you have that kind of absurdist co- uh, comedy, is that the characters in the story have to believe that they're stakes so the situation might mm. seem ridiculous and crazy to us but the characters in the story they are reacting to it like like the the stakes are huge right um a good example of that is like it's always sunny part of what makes oh, yeah. it's always sunny in philadelphia so funny is that these are these absolutely absurd scenarios that no one <laughs> in their right mind could get into but these people are committed to it. Yeah. And that's what makes it funny because they're not sitting there saying like, oh man, this is such a wild situation we're in. It's like, yeah, they're like, it's like normal. And then it's how they react to it. 
no, we are absolutely going to freeze dry a bunch of steaks and like sell them back to the credit card company and like <laughs> or you know. gasoline in the was it the gasoline in like the the garbage cans and they had that in the <laughs> yeah exactly oh man no that's that's good stuff um so other than a comedy what because that's the thing with Gundam like the reason I like Gundam the first you know step was all the mobile suits that's awesome this the story on top of that is really awesome but I wonder if there's like an adjacent style like we talked horror um and I even think they get into fantasy like you know narrative I I feel like is almost like a fantasy Gundam yeah. in a way because they're chasing after magical beast you know and they yeah. have these Unicorn magic powers. as well I mean they literally go back in time and, and which, go forward in time <laughs> which one in uh, unicorn when do they go forward in time like when Banajer and full frontal are having their final confrontation oh, and they like yes. go to the end of the universe that's right yeah oh you know that's something i need to explore more because i've been meaning to explore those interesting fantastical scenarios that happen like even in the original gundam you know and i think that i think that there's a, a way to ground some of those fantastical elements in a way that makes them really compelling um i don't know if you remember that movie uh contact oh yeah um has matthew mcconaughey yeah. and, and uh or no, um, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Foster. Yeah, Jodie Foster. Yeah. One of the best parts of that movie is that they play everything like scientifically and technically perfect, right? Yeah. And then at the very end of the movie, spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it, um, at the very end of the movie, she's talking about this experience she had where it's like, oh, I traveled through space and I met these aliens and, you know, it was this 18-hour trip back and forth. And they were like, yeah, you were gone for five seconds. Like yeah. the, the, the device fell down, you hit the water and that's it. And then there's that little bit at the end where one of the women says, so you know how her video monitor stopped working and all we got was static? What's crazy is that we had 18 hours of static. Wow. For her yeah, five that, second trip. I totally forgot about that. Right. The, uh, that, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about that moment. It's like, if you had something like that in Gundam where it's like, you know, because they don't understand how the biosensor works. They don't yeah. understand like how NTD and like all these, you know, psycho frame technology and all this stuff. It's all just kind of like, well, I don't know. It's pseudoscience, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but if you had like one of those Anaheim engineers say like, you know, what's crazy is when the new Gundam was pushing Axis, I could have sworn that I saw a dove fly up and yeah. like something yeah, like something. that. Yeah. It's like you can't really explain it. It's just another thread of this fantasy to make people yeah. like question everything yeah I, I feel like that with real life when it comes to like dreams and things you experience or think you experience like who knows you know um a lot of that yeah so you can have fun with that type of stuff I, yeah you know i don't think that you have to contain everything in like a military melodrama setting. yeah because it would be cool to have i i would totally be into a political thriller that could be like the federate someone within the federation or within the titans like i i keep bringing them up realizing like wait a minute the titans are up to something like before that even and then that person's like trying to get it out but they never are able to and that's reminded me of clone wars yeah because in the clone wars animation there's a a part where a group of clones figure out that they have a chip implanted in them and what's going to happen. Oh, but before shoot. the guy could ever let it be known, like the emperor is able to find out and stop him. Or he wasn't emperor then, but it was a neat thing that they added after the fact. Yeah, it's like wow, like 
they could have solved all of this and it's like it's almost like a all it takes scenario. is like one like yeah. what, what was it one butterfly flapping its wings oh yeah yeah um you know i think um oh so one of the reasons that I, I love that you're bringing up the Titans so much is that one of the tabletop scenarios that I wrote for like the Gundam tabletop game that I was working on, I wanted to take the players that I was working with because they had never watched any UC Gundam. They'd only watched wing. And I was like, okay, you guys are new Titans recruits. It's 0084 and we need you to go suppress a, an outbreak of Xeon remnants attacking this colony and you know go and shoot them down no questions asked here you go whatever money you need no problem and so then once they get there obviously information comes to light situations change and it's like oh you you get to make a choice you know are you going to side with these au rebels are you going because they find out that it's like a student rebellion it's kind of like a like a waco scenario where it's like you know you you have these like government thugs coming in titans thugs coming in to quell a rebellion but it turns out to be like a student protest and it's like well do you follow orders do you do the thing that they're asking you to or do you side with these AUG members that are coming in to try and stop you from doing what you're doing um and and so it kind of gives the players an opportunity to you know pick which side they engage with and what i liked about that is that i was working with players that hadn't seen zeta gundam so they didn't know that they were the bad guys until they were forced to make a choice that that's pretty neat i i do like that um you you know because that again it's reminding me with the good storytelling like you can have mobile suits in it but it doesn't have to be about the mobile suits and still be badass like in the uc world you know in it like reacher so reacher uh the season two just came out and apparently only three episodes are out but it's like the top watched amazon show this year and it just came out yeah and you know it's like well what makes it so cool well you gotta have this classic 80s muscular badass that is quick with his mouth and can and just totally beats up bad guys like the beginning the beginning of the first episode he goes to an atm there's someone in front of him and then he can tell it's like a lady that's like crying and he goes you know like what's going on she's like I've been carjacked or something. And then he looks to the side and he can see a car to corner with a guy in it. And he goes, stay right here. I'll be right back. He just walks to the car, punches the window, grabs the guy out and slams his head into the door. <laughs> and it's like, that is awesome. And so like to have a Gundam, a, a, a gun, a UC story where you have this like character, that's a hero. You know, a lot of times it's like, they're only the hero when they're in the mobile suit, but like a character that's yeah. a hero in the mobile suit is just like the climatic final because the hero can't go up against what the real weapon is so he has to use a mobile suit or something um that's a pretty cool pretty cool concept and i think that one of the reasons that like that that moment in reacher resonates with people is that you know people crave justice and and something you've talked about in the past it's like there's there's something when you see an injustice like the the, you start getting the um the intrusive thoughts and so it's 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 fun to see the types of characters that will in you know indulge those thoughts and and yeah. act on them and yeah, no, exactly. that's justice the on people so jam kill x five dollars thank you very much hey. okay imagine Thanks, commando but gundam john matrix gets in a mobile suit and gets into a mobile worker equipment storage instead of a tool shed yeah that's that is exactly what i'm trying to say i'm glad you said that jam kill x great example <laughs> yeah it's like and you can even take like a, a an action movie that already exists that has a simple plot it, but as long as it has a strong character and the character going through something, it would be cool to see them. Yeah. In like, he's talking about the mobile worker thing, like 
in the Gundam world, what would a some badass like operative come across like as he's in the world, you know? Would that be kind of like um would that be kind of like uh Kelly from 0083, the the Val Wild the Val Wallow pilot that works in the junkyard that meets yeah. Co. Do you yeah. remember that guy? That's a good example because that guy seemed like he was a badass. Yeah, he seemed like the type of dude that, yeah. you know, if he if he saw someone getting mugged on the street, he'd Yeah. And it would be something simple like that. Like let's say this you know, this hero is noticing the Titans are pushing people around and then he gets involved and like is fighting back some Titan soldiers, and then they're like treason against the federation and then the guy's like on the run and he's like what what's the what's with the titans i thought you know and then he's trying to talk to his boss like hey what's going on you know like a federation captain or something he's like these titans are they controlling everything he's like i can't talk about it we can't talk about it and then like he's like what and then all of a sudden he gets like targeted for an assassination and then he has to like fight through the bureaucracy and the weaponry to yeah take him down and I love those types of uh, conspiracy movies where it's like, you know, you can't go to the cops. The cops are corrupt. You know, you can't. And so, yeah, you end up with these. There's that um, James Bond movie I love with uh, our favorite, Timothy Dalton. It's the License to Kill where he, his friend in the CIA, uh, Felix Leiter and his wife get killed. Um, So, and then like MI6 is like, there's nothing we could do about this. So he just leaves on his own befriends the villain to become his bodyguard and throughout the movie he's slowly taking out his operation until he can get to the villain so that's what i'm saying like that's a compelling character arc for any any world so to have a gundam character and you see that has to go through that to get to the higher ranks of the titans like let's say he joined the titans just to get to the top but to keep it in line with what we know and you see let's just say he he ends up getting killed by the end and that's yeah. when it really takes, uh, you know, Camille to to really straighten things out. Yeah. I mean, it, that to me almost sounds like The Departed. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. The Departed, but Gundam, where it's like, right. you know, you've got an AU guy that has to that has to pretend he's a Titan and has to do like horrible things. You know, they're they're telling him like, oh, you know, we captured this, uh, you know, this kid that was selling secrets to Amaro Ray or whatever, you know. And he has to take him and kill him. And it's like, no, that, but, but yeah, like you no, said, by the end of it, because it's like the, the, the main like set pieces of the story would be, um, yeah. When the Titans are like, go do this. And then when the guy goes out there, he's really making it seem like everything happened, but he really like saved the day. And then, Oh no. Yes. Some of my comrades got killed when they were really, you know, Titans pilot so yeah that there's a lot of stuff that can go there and you know the reason i bring up titans a lot is because i just love that dynamic it's it's very relatable it's like when there's a vacuum of power people with good intentions could potentially go the wrong way you know and then you have people willing to risk their lives that are doing the right thing to do the right thing you know they have to change their lives um and i mean you brought it up that it happens you know, it, it's part of like the dark history of Gundam, like the cycle is, you know, whenever there is that power vacuum, it happens again. It happened with the Manhunters. You know, yeah. they started out, you know, you had Echo Us, which was like a a good yeah. unit when it was uh, led under Dagaza. But yeah. then by the time Hathaway comes around, the Manhunters are 
just as bad as the Titans, if not worse. Exactly. And, and, then like, it, and then I think we even saw that that went far in the future. Like the original Manhunter mm-hmm. group would continue to kind of do uh, crap into the future. Um, no, that's cool. Um, okay, so good movie discussion instead of the video game stuff, you know, even though I love the video games. Yeah. Uh, but and I love that we touched on so many different types of yeah of movies yeah from not only genres but storytelling you know you know bandai we're giving you the ideas you know you know where to send the check (laughs) yeah let these guys um, cook oh real quick ten dollars from lucas garrett thank you very much thank you sir we have some zeon remnant commando raiders who commandeer a group of experimental gundams shortly after the end of the one-year war the affair becomes embarrassing for the federation that that's a good idea because i've always thought about that like what if there was like you know how like with the GP project and some other things, it's like they try to hide it. What yeah. if there was some situation where Xeon, just like the GPO2, they got a hold of like some crazy badass Gundams and then there's like some isolated battle somewhere? Um, that's a good yeah. one. I like uh oh broken well, arrow. That's uh yeah, that's another good yeah. Ah, that's good. But um, no, thanks guys a lot. Thanks for the uh the super chats. But um, I want to talk about a video game here thing real quick. Video game here thing, video game thing here. Okay, here. whatever. Um, so Gundam Evolution. There is someone that has got a private server working, and he says by the beginning of next year, you'll be able to play it again. So that there's a video there I go. posted it in the Discord in the video game section, and he and in the description, or not the description, but in the comments of the video, he explains how and this is important because a lot of people like push back, but what he's doing is legal. He is not doing anything illegal. Gundam Evolution falls under abandonware. So if you can, without modifying code, you can still get it to work and you're not charging people or you're not delivering it to people, it is completely legal. So for those that love Gundam Evolution, keep an eye out for that. I'll update as I get more information. Um, Yeah, that's and and I think we had that conversation with Seiji um, before as well where it's like you know people a lot of times will talk about like oh well you know the community rallied behind this video game what what that says to me is that is that is really the community rallying behind a game yeah it when they're willing to take the abandoned wear and and run with it like you know too often i think people will give up when when like a studio or a production company developer whatever the case may be once they drop a property that people enjoy they're just like well guess i'm not gonna play that again it's like yeah then how much did you really like it yeah because because like i said i I still play gundam versus zeta gundam like it's not (laughs) yeah yeah it's very interesting and you know i'm all about game preservation big deal to me i play classic games a lot and i and i talk about it too and like even getting into gundam when i did like going back and playing all these games like I want to be able to play that uh, Operation Troy that was on Xbox. And you can play it, actually. Yeah. But it doesn't have, like, the servers. There's glitches, all right. that. But at least, like, that exists. Um, yeah. It, so. It's like Fahrenheit 451, but for video games, oh, right? Oh, yeah, man. Oh. You know, like, we talk about, like, book preservation all the time, right? Yeah. Oh, well, we need to digitize all these archives of books and the, digitize these libraries. It's like, where is the video game library? And where's the... You know, I wonder how much, like, what what could be some stipulations moving forward, like where a video game company, if they're shutting down servers, they do have to set up a server 
where publicly on our website, it's like, okay, we need to make this amount of money every month in order for us to maintain the server. So they're looking for user donations because they're not going to get any new content that right. they would be paying for anyway. So how about just have where if you really like a game, you might put in five bucks a month. And if everyone else is doing it, that might make up for the lost. <laughs> or, or they do the Wikipedia thing where they just like ask you for donations at, every year. Oh, like. yeah, I know. Like <laughs> as you're playing the game, there's like a pop up. Please donate so you can keep playing. <laughs> it's like, but um, no, it's uh, no, that's good. Good, good discussion today. I, you see, guys. So this is what happens when I don't have uh, like an agenda. For, for, we get some good discussion still <laughs> yeah there's always something interesting to talk about with gundam and yeah. you know just kind of interacting with with the community i know i know it's great so no this was awesome i'm going to end it here and see about cleaning up uh you know this little flood <laughs> although it looks like it's receded don't since forget I to bring a towel <laughs> no because i i diverted the water out there and it looks like it it worked so yeah, okay see. good good um but that's it i um i you know i i don't think we talked about this are you gonna have a live stream next week planning on it okay, um, we'll see we'll see what happens uh you know i am gonna be out of town christmas day but you know we'll see cool. what see yeah. what we can make of it and i think i'll be streaming too because yeah it's a wednesday thursday which really is after christmas but before New Year's. Sometimes people take the whole time off, but I'll I'll be uh, yeah I'll, I'll be yeah. And there's some other stuff that you and I have been talking about. Um, you know, with regard to you know year end. Oh yeah, that's right. So, yeah, that's right. We need to talk you know about again. We'll leave you with something cryptic to yeah. I know. <laughs> to end um, your evening. And then yes, yeah, Saturday building chill will be going on in the Discord. So, uh, you know that that yeah that will be going on. Um, I think that's it. Anything else? I think you touched on all of it. Okay, awesome. Well, everyone, thanks for joining. Thanks for the super chats. Oh, man, that motivates me so much. Um, yes, an awesome discussion, you, too. Like, I love it when we can get on these topics. So, yeah, everyone, have a good weekend and a good Christmas if I don't see you. There you so go. Merry Christmas.